Welcome into the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm Ethan Ryder today. I'm joined by our porter Carson Brever. Carson, how are you doing today? I am fantastic, Ethan. Thank you. Awesome. I'm also joined by our porter Jacob Rudner. Jacob, how are you doing today? Can't complain, Ethan. Good to be here. Great to hear. As always, joined by site publisher Chris Cartman. Chris, how are you doing today? I am doing outstanding. Ethan, how are you? That is great to hear. I'm doing great as well. Today, we're going to talk about ASU's 35-30 to win against Washington on the road. ASU is now 7-3 and on the season and 5-2 and in the Pac-12. Carson, we'll go to you first, and then we'll go around as always. But what were your initial takeaways from this one? Well, I think that the major takeaway has to be that ASU reestablished its ability to really dominate on the ground and to finish strong on the back of that. And we saw it the previous week against USC when they had 291 yards on the ground and weren't throwing the ball with much success, but were able to dominate in that phase. And then in this one, they attempt almost 60 rushes, end up with 286 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. That has obviously been the identity of this team consistently, but they have really found almost a new peak in that area these last couple of weeks. And obviously Rashad White has been really pretty spectacular winning back-to-back offensive player of the year honors. So even if the offense hasn't been gelling through the air, they haven't been dynamic in that respect. Jaden Daniels has struggled a bit. That ability to just overwhelm teams on the ground, especially as the day goes along and defenses get fatigued and whatnot, and they just need to find a way to produce they have been able to do that these past couple weeks, and this was really an extreme example of that. And, and I would just add that this was a very impressive performance for ASU in terms of just being able to stay with it, uh, in terms of keeping a level head and being able to come back in a game that they went down 17-7 at halftime and then come back to win the game 35-30. It was a resilient effort. There was a, a calm, collective uh, attitude with this team. Multiple ASU players spoke on that after a game. And then th- again, this week, they just spoke about their ability to remain calm, to remain focused on their goal and to come back and win it. And then like Carson said, just an, an overwhelmingly impressive performance on the ground for ASU, 286 total rushing yards, including 184 from Rashad White and two touchdowns, who again, like Carson said, won back-to-back Pac-12 player of the week awards. Uh, He is clearly the focal point for ASU's offense, and it was just abundantly clear against Washington. So extremely impressive performance for him. Yeah, I'll keep it pretty simple. Rashad White is a boss, and this isn't 2011. Um, We saw ASU in that season really fall apart before Dennis Erickson was dismissed. There was concerns. Uh, from ASU's fans that, that, that this might be a repeat of that season because it had some of the un- other some of the indicators of that year, the heavy penalization, disciplinary issues, operational things, and then uh, the, the the fall apart game against Washington State. But the way that ASU has responded now in successive weeks, especially after being down and being punched hard in the mouth early, against Washington on the road to persevere that is really an indicator that uh, the players really are still totally bought in and, and want to be as successful as they can through the remainder of the season. 
And as you said, Rashad White was a boss for the second week in a row as well. This was the second week in a row that ASU had a monster game on the ground, once again with limited personnel as well. Carson, what did you see from them that once again allowed them to do so? Well, first off, I think it's worth noting that all the indications were, as we discussed on the preview podcast, that the ground was going to be the recipe for success in this one. You are going into a cold weather, what ended up being a very rainy environment, facing a team that had the the top pass defense in the nation, but had been gashed against the run. And then just to begin with, that is the strength of your personnel. And as you mentioned, there are personnel limitations where Jordan Porter's transferred, Andre Johnson injured, Johnny Wilson injured. So that was kind of the natural approach for them in this game. And we saw them rely more heavily on the run in this one than we ever have previously. 57 attempts on the ground versus just 16 attempts through the air. But again, they were tremendously successful in doing that and got more successful as the game went along and were able to sustain some really punishing drives. I think that obviously the one that stands out is the 20 play nine minute plus drive that they had in the fourth quarter, which was massive, but it was a really strong day all around in that respect. And I think that Rashad White continues to demonstrate his ability to not just follow his blocks and do really obviously the basic things that any good running back with a good offensive line has to but to make plays on the perimeter, get involved in the receiving game, make people miss consistently. The guy is just really pretty remarkable in space, and he also has that ability, clearly, as we've seen these past couple weeks, to take on that consistent heavy burden as a rusher. So he has been outstanding, even though there were some slightly underwhelming performances from him early in the year. At this point, that has been completely overshadowed, and he looks to be fully himself after... You know, he was dealing with some injury stuff and is just clearly the most talented player on ASU's offense. And this run game is the foundation and will continue to have to be the foundation. And I would just say that nothing quite illustrates that quite like that 20 play drive that Carson mentioned. ASU travels 81 yards over 20 plays, 17 of which were running plays. This was a, you know, this was this was a thoroughly impressive drive where Rashad White was able to completely take over. He converts on third down for the first time in the game for ASU on a third and 16 with an 18-yard reception. Uh, ASU is just punishing the Huskies on the ground, predominantly with Rashad White. And they cap that drive off with a rushing play from Jaden Daniels, who's able to score a touchdown. And I don't think anything throughout the game quite shows off just how well ASU was able to run the ball like that one drive was, because we saw several players get involved. Diamante Trainum was the player who started the drive off. Rashad White carries the ball for the majority of the middle of the drive, and Jaden Daniels is able to cap it off. And that was just, in my opinion, really impressive. Uh, if you look at the game stats overall, Rashad White finished the game with 184 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Daniels, 56 rushing yards and a touchdown, and Trainum, 20 yards on six carries. So not the best night for Trainum, but overall, just a really impressive performance for the Sun Devils, and it was just shown on that one drive. Look, I think ASU fans were freaking out probably in the first half of the game because they get down early, 14-0, and there was three false starts, I believe, in the first half by ASU. It looked like they were not handling being on the road well again with their offensive operation. He had Spencer Lovell out there. I think he had two of the false start penalties starting in place of Henry Haddis. Uh, ASU moves 
gets behind the chains in some of those situations. Then they move it all the way down to where they have a first and goal at the three yard line and they're unable to punch it in. They went with uh, an extra offensive lineman, Isaiah Glass, and then they had uh, three tight ends in there, super heavy set, couldn't run for it. Then they tried to do a, a block release with Curtis Hodges that was sniffed out. And then Jaden Daniels scrambled and it had nowhere to go on the fourth down. And it looked bad. Now, they did have a very good end of half response uh, driving down to get a touchdown. Curtis Hodges was open in, in the end zone um, on some bad coverage, maybe the only bad coverage of the game by Washington. Uh, and you thought, okay, they're gonna, there's going to be some momentum here. They're, they're going to get the ball to start the second half. But then they gave up that long um, kickoff return of 50-some-odd yards. And, and uh, Washington gets another fugle out of it to go into the half 17-7. In the second half, I thought ASU really kind of the game probably changed on the Tyler Johnson uh, fumble recovery that he ran down uh, into the red zone, I guess. And um, then ASU really started to uh, ride Rashad White as hard as they did all night. And it, it paid dividends. Um, I will say that in the fourth quarter, the third and 16 conversion that ASU made that was really crucial was Jaden Daniels scrambling and then seeing at the last second that he could throw the ball uh, to White. And um, that was huge. Uh, one of the things that I pointed out after the game, which was to me kind of a mind-blowing stat um, out of a bunch of them for Rashad White was, ASU had no third down or fourth down conversions in the entire game until the fourth quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, it was White who had all three of ASU's third down conversions and both of ASU's fourth down conversions um, on, on touchdown drives. The 20 play drive, I don't remember seeing anything like that. And then they got the ball back and they scored again. And um, then, of course, we saw that the game. Uh, got kind of crazy and loose with the Merlin Robertson um, pick six. Then Washington goes down and, and scores, which the prevent defense was not successful. And uh, the onside kick uh, was recovered by Washington, which led to an opportunity that probably never should have happened. Um, but yeah, I think, I think um, of course, you know, it was a one-sided uh, movement of the ball by ASU. It was, it was almost entirely um, on the ground with, with the exception of that Curtis Hodges touchdown pass. There was Rashad White, remember, he had the one-foot catch over the shoulder. That was phenomenal. It was just mostly Rashad White. 63% of ASU's offense from scrimmage was Rashad White. Um, you have to say at this point that he's one of the leading candidates for offensive player of the year in the pack well. He's been a monster and has been especially so recently, as you guys just pointed out. But the kind of down part of this game, that was kind of the up, was Jane Daniels once again struggled through the air. He did make a couple plays on the ground with the touchdown as well, but he only had 90 passing yards on 10 completions. Five of those completions went to Rashad White for 53 yards. 
So only five completions for a total of 37 yards to tight ends and wide receivers. Carson, what did we see from Jaden Daniels? And is, is there now real reason to worry? Well, I think that at the very least, you can say that this is several weeks in a row in which he has certainly not played up to expectations and hasn't excelled at some of the things that he historically has done very consistently. Now, after a couple of multiple interception games, he doesn't do that here, but he does have another pick, which has historically been out of character for him. And it was just a very limited performance overall. And of course, there are restrictions as far as the weapons with some of the receivers who we mentioned being out. The environment was not conducive to throwing the ball with a ton of success. So again, he only has 16 attempts on the day and you are facing one of the nation's premier secondaries. So all of those factors sort of compound to make this a really tough day to have a bunch of success. But I think that this is certainly a trend now at this point that he has not played up to expectations. And that's why I think we've had to see ASU rely more and more heavily on the ground game. And Curtis Hodges has continued to progress. And I think is now clearly one of the most impressive weapons on this team, but didn't have that production from the wide receivers. And like Chris touched on the third down issues have become very alarming for ASU when they didn't convert a third down until the fourth quarter against USC, then you don't convert a third down to the fourth quarter against Washington. That's almost mind blowing. And of course that has to fall on the quarterback, Jaden Daniels and their ability to play strong situational football. So I think that clearly we have seen him produce for much of his career. And he does have the ability of course, to make accurate throws. I mean, he's still completing 67% of his passes on the year and does have the dynamic ability on the ground. We've seen him throw some really nice deep balls, but consistently he has not been up to the level that you would expect as far as play to play game to game. And this was another iteration of that. And it didn't end up costing ASU, but it's pretty remarkable that they were able to execute the formula they did because you go down 14, nothing. Yes, it was very early, but it would be, I think, ideal in a lot of teams' eyes to have the option to really throw your way back into a game like that. ASU wasn't able to turn to that in this one due to all the reasons we mentioned, but they still were able to come back because of, obviously, how great they were on the ground. But Daniels, definitely another subpar performance. And the only thing that I would really add to that is that I think that Daniels missed several very clear opportunities to advance the football through the year. The one that really comes to mind to me was there was a route that Elijah Badger ran over the, over the middle of the field where Daniels had an opportunity to throw it to him and he was wide open. And this play likely leads to at minimum an explosive play, if not a touchdown. And Daniels didn't even look his direction. Instead, he threw the ball out of bounds uh, intended for Ricky Pearsall. And I think that that was really uh, kind of representative of Daniels overall performance. And that was that he didn't make the best overall reads. Uh, I think that he, kind of tried to force the ball several times and he was limited to just 16 throws, but he didn't really take advantage of those 16 passes and only threw for 90 yards by the time the game was over, including an interception. And so this was, again, this was just another, what I would go as far as to say is a disappointing performance for a quarterback that's at really high expectations for himself as a true freshman, when he threw just two interceptions was very accurate, uh, was very decisive in his throws. And that has not been the case uh, at least recently, but really at all this year. And I think that that was really clear against the Huskies, even though, again, like Carson said, 
You are in horrible weather for throwing the ball. Uh, you are facing the nation's best pass defense. And it's just kind of one of those situations that does lend itself towards running the ball more, which by the way, Daniels did successfully. But if we're just talking about his, his performance in terms of throwing the ball, this was certainly lackluster. And I would point towards several opportunities where he had open receivers that he could have thrown to, and he just did not. Yeah, I don't, several might be a little bit high. Um, he only had six incompletions in the game. Of course, one was an interception. Uh, Washington, as, as Carson said, has really excellent secondary. They played base nickel. Um, I think the coverage was, was, was quite good for the most part, you know, watching it back. Yes, the one play that you mentioned, uh, I think that Daniels missed an open receiver. There was maybe one or two others where I saw that clearly he didn't didn't see the, the, the development in the secondary like he maybe could have. And that's a few plays. I don't I, I don't think that he really actually played that poorly. I think um, he he had a a maybe below average game, a little bit below average, but when you have the rain, when you have almost no receivers, because it's like Brian Thompson, LV Bunkley Shelton, Ricky Pearsall, and then like who else? And other than Curtis Hodges at the tight end, um, there's not a lot of rotation. I'm sure those guys are tired and winded. They haven't actually been playing all that effectively. It's not like guys are running around open behind the defense at all like that's not happening um i think that there's zach hill has limitations because of his receiver personnel because case hatch didn't play and when they tried to run the ball and some jumbo stuff it didn't really work um some of these other guys like john stivers or jalen conyers they're not really full-fledged tight ends like you can't do everything that you want to be able to do with them um we've we've seen that they're with the fumbling of Dan Monte train them in the previous two weeks that that's like a concern that you might have in the rain um and I think that Elijah Badger and other receivers have not been very good at getting lined up and being able to operate quickly within this offense in terms of their assignment soundness which is also a little bit of a concern. Um, and you put all that together, and I, I think it's a, it, it's a more difficult situation, especially on the road, than, than people realize. Now, Washington State, that was an embarrassing performance. Um, there's been some others that have been mediocre to below average. I certainly in no way expected it even to be possible that Daniels would have eight interceptions and eight touchdown throws um, at this point in the year. That is, that was, that would have been inconceivable to me, uh, just given his uh, his start to his career and kind of what we expected with this particular team. Even though we knew that wide receiver position was a concern, and it has become an increasing concern uh, as this year has unfolded. And by the way, uh, Ben Scott. On the, on the right side of ASU's line between Scott and now having Spencer Lovell out there, uh, they struggled in this game with pass protection. And that is a little bit of a, a concern of late that maybe is in Daniel's mind as he's dropping back. So there's a lot that's going on. Uh, I, I, I think there's mechanics 
were improved in this game. He had some some regression in his mechanics against Washington State and USC, getting low and kind of whippy with his throws, not getting his front foot pointed at the target. The interception was a ball that was off by a foot. Um, that's that it was trying to fit into a tight window. It was off the extended arm of his receiver. Uh, it was a foot off. You know it, that could happen. Uh, it's costly, nonetheless. Um, but I, I don't want to be too, too aggressively negative about his performance in this game because while it wasn't good, it also wasn't, you know, despite the numbers looking 90 yards and whatever, Washington State is extremely good passing defense. And it's a tough environment, rain and, and all these other things that we talked about. And um, so these people who are clamoring to go see, to get, Trent Bourget into the game uh, as the backup quarterback, I think that that really needs to show out. Um, the, the, we've seen historically at ASU that, and everywhere probably, that the backup quarterback is so celebrated because it's like door number two and people don't know the limitations of that player. And then when they see the limitations of that player, um, they go, oh, okay, maybe not. Uh, the the probably the best quarterback at ASU in the last decade was Taylor Kelly. And what happened when Taylor Kelly, uh, uh, after some extremely successful play, as he was a 10 win season in 2013, he gets hurt in 2014. He comes back probably a little bit early. His timing was off. He actually struggled at Washington on the road, as a matter of fact. And people were like, uh, they need to play Mike Berkovici. You know, Mike Berkovich is the answer, right? Well, Mike Berkovich didn't go on to have some great um, record as a starting quarterback at ASU. In fact, he was the quarterback on probably ASU's most disappointing team in recent history in 2015 when he was a captain. Jordan Simone was a captain. Uh, and they were considered to be a preseason top 20 team. I, I forget exactly where they were, maybe top 15 even. And, and, and then they think they, they, they had a bad season. Um, so I just think that quarterback plays really hard. It's, it's, it's especially difficult when you have these other sort of limiting factors that we've gone into and what's behind door number two often is not better. Oklahoma, right. They, they want, everybody wanted Spencer Rattler to be strung up and then Spencer Rattler loses his starting job. And Oklahoma scores 14 points when Spencer Rattler's mostly on your bench. They even were so ineffective at quarterback that they brought him on for a couple series. Um, and he didn't do well because their offensive line was horrible. And he was facing crazy pressure when he, was, when he was out there. But the point remains that even though Daniels has had a disappointing season, there's a lot of factors that go into that. He still, as Carson said, I think has the highest completion percentage in the Pac-12 at 67%. And he is still better than uh, average, I would say, in the Pac-12 at the position, though um, I certainly expected he'd, he would play better than he has this season. Yeah, and, and he, he maybe hasn't been great to the air, but I mean, as some of you might have already said, he, he's been pretty elite in terms of on the ground. He's one of the best, if not the best, 
in the conference of doing that. And he made big plays against Washington as well. But for now, we'll move on to the defense. The defense started off slow, allowed Washington to get a 14 to nothing lead early on in the game. The Huskies were driving down the field with pretty much ease. What did we see from ASU that kind of allowed that to happen early on, Carson? Well, that was a really alarming start. And I think it's worth noting how abnormal it is for Washington to come out and sort of look that fluid and that comfortable offensively and score touchdowns on its opening two series because they had not eclipsed 30 points in six weeks. Like this has been a consistently underwhelming labored offense and they were able to move the ball with a good deal of success early against ASU. But then obviously we did see a turnaround. I think that it's worth noting, though, that ASU was limited by personnel in this game, and particularly at safety, where you're without Evan Fields, you're without Kiwan Markham, and Willie Hartz was in the game early, and then he gets injured. That's a factor. Shannon Foreman was not available up front, obviously already without the loss of Jermaine Lole, so maybe weren't able to generate as much pressure as they would have liked. Penalties were again an issue early on, just gifting some free yardage. So I really thought that there were a number of sort of compounding factors there as well. And they kind of just gave up pretty solid field position where Washington had a long kick return on that opener and then had to go less than 70 yards on the second drive as well. And were able to run the ball with a good deal of success on that first drive got 15 free yards off of pass interference. So again, it was really uncharacteristic. You can point to some of the personnel issues. I did think that Washington seemed to be moving pretty smoothly operationally, but it was definitely surprising to see ASU come out of the gate with the kind of issues that they did have defensively. Although again, they did completely turn it around as that game went along. Right. So I think what happened at the outset of the game is Washington hit on some misdirection plays that uh, were taking advantage of the way the ASU was strategically playing. They had the end around, uh, they had a reverse, uh, they had a screen that all kind of hit for some big plays. Um, they had the throwback to the quarterback. You guys will remember. I think Washington realized that um, they needed to sort of use ASU's tendencies against it. And then with Sean McGrew, the Washington's top running back being out for the game, Kamari Pleasant, the top backup, being a little limited, uh, physically not at 100%, they were trying to manufacture some other things. And they also um, hit on some completions. Or Rome Adazune um, was pretty effective player throughout the game. I think he was really critical for Washington. Uh, and ASU was kind of reeling. I, I, we, we expected going into this one with Washington being a bad offensive team throughout the year that it would be an opportunity for ASU to establish itself from the outset, uh, get wrestle control of the game stylistically. And that really uh, looked like it wasn't going to happen at all from the outset. And that was a shock to me. Um, of course, as things kind of went on, ASU did settle down quite a bit. Yeah, and as you say, settling down, we'll move on to that point. After the first quarter and then also a little bit in that first quarter as well, the defense kind of just turned it around in terms of 
how they were playing against the team. Carson, what did we see from them that allowed them to stop Washington more so than they did in that beginning kind of slow start? Yeah, well, I really think that we saw pretty drastic improvement across the board. And as I mentioned, Washington was able to run the ball with some success on that opening drive. After that opening drive, though, or excuse me, after that first quarter, I should say, they had just 57 yards on the ground and were really considerably stifled there. They were not able to have nearly as much success throwing the ball second half, just seven of 17 through the air with a turnover as well. So it was really a turnaround on all fronts. They don't end up with a sack on the day, but were able to have a couple more big moments as a pass rush in that second half. Third down defense, they held Washington to just four of 12 overall in the day. Fourth down defense held them to one of three. And with the exception of that final drive, which, as Chris said, was there in their prevent defense, and it was really just an abnormal three-play, 63-yard drive in less than 30 seconds as the game seemingly had effectively been decided, they really did stifle Washington outside of that and also cleaned up on the penalties for the most part. Now they did give Washington good field position for that final touchdown drive because of some penalties, but those were not within the field of play and obviously were not as consequential as some of the things that plagued them early on. So it really was across the board. They were able to more consistently disrupt the run game. They were able to force a turnover and they really limited the Washington offense in a way that you kind of would have expected them to coming in because it has been such a rough effort for the Huskies on that end. But they found that high level, as we've seen them do on several occasions throughout this year, where when they need to against these offenses that aren't particularly strong, they can just clamp down, they can stop the run, they can limit them through the air. And that is very much what they did as this game went along. And and, and I would just add that the, you know, really important factor here is that ASU's defense was able to stay composed. And that was something that its players talked about, you know, in the aftermath of the game and that we had heard from its coaches, you know, after the game was over as well, was that they were, there was no change in their mentality in terms of, we know what we need to be able to do to limit this team. And ASU was able to hold the Huskies to just 13 points after halftime. And a large part of that, like Carson said, was its secondary's ability to stay sharp on its keys to limit the team in terms of its passing ability. And it did that successfully. And then, you know, as we talked about before with Washington having a limited running game in the first place, it wasn't able to really get that going after halftime. Uh, It's pass rush, despite not contributing any sacks was able to put pressure on Dylan Morris. Uh, There was some concern over Morris's health in terms of his, you know, he got knocked out in the first half of the game and there was a backup Uh, situation throughout the contest with Heward in general. So uh, Washington did not have its best passing game and you factor in the weather. It turned into a a solid performance, especially in the second half for ASU's defense and held tough giving ASU's opportunity, ASU's offense an opportunity to come back and to win the game. Yeah, look, the bugaboo that ASU's had uh, is been getting off the field on third downs in a lot of earlier games this season, right? And that was not nearly as much of a problem against Washington. You look at the second quarter, um, Huskies were 0-3 
converting third downs. They had three points in the quarter. They had two uh, of five third down conversions in the third quarter, and that uh, enabled them to score a touchdown. In the fourth quarter, uh, they had no uh, third down conversions. So really two, two uh, such conversions in the final three quarters of play. And not surprisingly, uh, you look at the total yards of offense for the Huskies, 42 in the, sec- in the second, 60 in the third, 58 in the fourth. And as Carson said, the 58, it, I mean, other than um, that one touchdown drive, three-play drive and pre-event defense, Washington actually went backwards pretty much um, uh, with its other plays, which there weren't many because ASU, of course, dominated time of possession, like a stranglehold, like a vice grip in that possession, in that quarter to over 12 minutes for ASU under three minutes for the Huskies. I think, uh, as I said earlier, the Tyler Johnson fumble recovery um, was a really key point, 17-7. After that, a couple plays later, Rashad White runs for a touchdown, 17-14. I thought the game, the feel of the game sort of changed um, from that. Um, and, uh, ASTU's secondary had some issues kind of earlier on, but I think really got it together. The, one of the things that Carson talked about previously was ASU didn't have Evan Fields and then Keewon Markham and Keon Markham were both suspended for this game. Keewon was the backup to Evan Fields. So then ASU ends up starting the game with its third string, uh, uh, safety. And then he ends up getting hurt. And so then ASU is down to basically playing a corner uh, in, in, in position where normally it's a safety or maybe playing a lot of nickel type, you know, base looks um, with the fourth DB. So um, for those circumstances, I think uh, ASU did extremely well. Um, and the linebackers had one of their best overall games. Of course, the Merlin Robertson pick six, which at the time I thought completely iced the game. Um, that was, um, you know, one of the things that was talked about today as we're recording this on Tuesday uh, by ASU's linebackers coach Chris Claiborne is, guys just have to do their jobs. And, and if they do and then the results follow that, it gives you encouragement to basically continue and not try to do too much or somebody else's assignment or get yourself out of position. And so this was another reminder that if they do that, they can have the type of success that they did. And it's important to say, zooming out more broadly, that ASU is the number one uh, overall defense in the Pac-12 in total defense. They're giving up 322.5 yards per game. Washington was well under 300 and ASU tied with Washington at 21.2 points allowed per game. So the defense is having uh, quite a good um, uh, season overall. Hasn't been always good. There have been bad quarters, bad halves. Uh, We experienced uh, seeing that firsthand um, at the outset of this game, but then they really did buckle down and have a very good performance. Yep, as you said, it was a slow start, but they turned it around in a cold and rainy Seattle for the win against Washington. That'll be it 
for this edition of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. If you want more of the Washington game, 10 takeaways will come soon by Chris. Uh, but now ASU will be moving on to a game in Corvallis against Oregon State coming up this Saturday as we look forward to that matchup. Carson has already written the first look that is on the site, so take a look at that and also be on the lookout for our preview podcast for that game coming up later on this week as well. But for now, for Carson Brever, Jacob Brunner, and Chris Cartman, I'm Ethan Ryder. We'll see you guys next time.